these peptides that are inside of the secretion, they actually unlock on a biological level our cellular makeup. The peptide meets the cell, the cell opens to the peptide, and then the peptide goes in and basically scrubs the cell. So what you're referring to as far as quote unquote debris or stagnation or blockage, disconnection, injury, trauma, pain, it actually goes into these particular areas where the body holds, cleans out the cell like Mr. Clean, basically, and then allows the cell to be renewed. Welcome to Crazy Wisdom. I'm your host, Luke Antrop. Crazy Wisdom is our show about the wild, the unexpected and interesting places we find ourselves in during our quest to live a life of deeper meaning and deeper truth. My hope is with each conversation and each story, you discover a new part of yourself on your journey towards making the most out of this one wild and precious life. This is a Soulfire production. Well, I am thrilled to welcome on this week's show, Taylor Iwalker. Taylor is a medicine woman and a master combo practitioner. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you so much for having me, Luke. Yes, I am thrilled to have you on the show. So I want to start by painting a picture. Okay, so I am in my home and I am sitting on some sheepskin rugs with a beautiful altar that some of my favorite sacred objects and several of your just exquisite pieces of sacred art and kind of artifacts are spread across my living room floor. And I have been fasting for the day and you've just instructed me to drink pretty massive amount of water. And we've had a conversation about my intentions and you take what looks a little bit like an incense stick and you just ever so slightly burn the kind of outer layer of skin around my body, certain points. And then you apply combo, <laughs> combo, the secretion of a frog in the Amazon. And I go on a journey. And this journey starts with like a feeling of warmth rushed through my body. And then a narrowing of my vision at first, like the room kind of gets small. And there's nowhere to go but deep in, right? The, the medicine sends me in deep into myself, my own body, mind, my own experience. And I notice my heart rate increases. I notice I feel a little sweaty and the world kind of shifts for a few moments. And there's a feeling of, in a way, kind of contraction. It's like, um, yeah, everything kind of pulls in. And then I notice an urge to purge. So you graciously have a bucket ready and I purge, you know, vomiting out the water and the purging happens for a while. And in this process, I feel this, this flood, kind of a feverish flood through my body. But at the same time, there's a sense of uh, just uh, a deep cleaning and a deep scrubbing of these little corners of my physical body, but also my emotional body and perhaps even my spiritual body, there's a sense of lightness that just is flooding through my system. And it is, it takes every ounce of my being to, uh, well, I would say more like it finds every corner of my being. So there's like no place to hide or to disappear to. It, this journey is one that is with my whole being. And it's slowly, this experience slowly fades. I notice my body's feeling a little swollen and maybe there's one or two last rounds. And I leave this experience feeling that the best description I could come up with is light, just lighter physically, and a sense of lightness, a sense of vibrancy, a sense of vitality. And this feeling persists for several weeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this was my experience with my friend Taylor Iwalker. So I, you know, I wanted to have you on the show this show, Crazy Wisdom, which is about some of the interesting and unorthodox places we find ourselves on our quest to live a deeper life. I wanted to have you on the show to just first understand a little bit about this experience, but also introduce you to this Crazy Wisdom community and in all of your, your power. So 
How's that sound? Cool. I love it. <laughs> I love your experience. Other people will tell a different story. <laughs> uh -huh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Let's start with the very basics. Like what is, what is combo? So more particularly, it's from a, a frog named the Phyla medusa by color frog in the Amazon. And they live in many parts of the Amazon. So in Peru, in Bolivia, in Brazil, in Ecuador. So they are found all around and many different tribal cultures have used this medicine for many centuries for healing powers, for hunting magic, for malaria protection, for various uh, causes and concerns and things that might be happening when you're living in the jungle as an indigenous person close to the land. And so then, you know, as time progressed, this medicine started to find its way out of the jungle and started to be used in more in settings that were not indigenous people settings. So this medicine is known as a secretion. A lot of people like to call it a poison. A lot of people like to call it a venom, but it's neither that. It's a secretion. And many people like to refer to combo as sunscreen. It's like the protective layer. And I really like to refer to it as sunscreen because it really does like hold our power in. It's like a great container for many different things for us and a great protector because it's known as the revealer and the purifier, but it also very much protects us from almost things that don't serve us, from uh, enemies even. It's said to be like an enemy protector in the jungle. And so it kind of takes us out of a time stream that we may experience in adversity in, in life. And then it brings us into a time stream that is one of more, you know, in our language here, one of more dharma, one of a greater, a greater path purpose and takes us out of those kind of karmic imprints. Uh, it's known to contain 20 different bioavailable peptides inside of the secretion. And so on a scientific level, we're looking at many different families of peptides that are doing their thing in the human body. And we can get into deeper conversation around what the various peptides do if we'd like to. But basically, Combo is known to have 20 different bioavailable peptides. And that's why it's doing the various things that it does to the human body. Yeah, incredible. What a wonderful kind of foundational orientation to it. Can you talk us through a little bit of the application, right? It's a rather unique way to receive a medicine. Maybe you could just help the listeners who aren't familiar with Combo understand the application process. Yes. So traditionally, and the way that we use it today, this medicine is a subdermal application. So you're looking at anything that is connecting to the lymphatic fluid and then will burn a first dermal layer burn on the skin, remove that top layer of skin, and then add the secretion of the filamedusa bicolor to the lymphatic fluid. So then we have contact and then we have medicine moving through our lymphatic system. And then the various effects that take place are, like you said, the sweating, the shaking, the laughing, the crying, the purging, going to the toilet, letting go in many ways, and then perceptual shifts and then very deep, deep kind of connecting to the innermost part of us and the parts of us that maybe are happening that we don't actually feel in day-to-day -day life. Yeah, absolutely. I just love the way that you frame this. It's like some other medicines that I've encountered that it seems to find the thing that I most need to see in a way that I maybe didn't know I needed to see it, right? It has a way of drawing out in the body-mind, right? It, clearly, it works on the physical body. There's this great physical benefit, but there's this kind of emotional, spiritual way that it finds corners where maybe I'm holding a bit of tension or a bit of trauma or a bit of pain or a bit of something that I wasn't aware of. And it just 
it resolves it. It helps you purge it. And so in that way, it's just, it's, for me, it's been such a powerful way to integrate in and kind of heal things that are just the, the psychological, emotional debris and clutter that's just accumulates in our, in our body mind. Yeah. I want to talk about with this one particular thing, because these peptides that are inside of the secretion, they actually unlock on a biological level, our cellular makeup. And so it essentially can meet the peptide meets the cell, the cell opens to the peptide, and then the peptide goes in and basically scrubs the cell. So what you're referring to as far as quote unquote debris or, or stagnation or blockage, disconnection, injury, trauma, pain, it actually goes into these particular areas where the body holds, cleans out the cell like Mr. Clean, basically, <laughs> and then allows the cell to be kind of renewed. And so it's so amazing because we know that it's working on this very deep biological, physiological level. And then, you know, if you really study the frog and if you study kind of the mysticism of the frog in many different cultures, it is known as this this purifier, this revealer, and and we then start to take on more of the energetic qualities of the esoteric aspects of the medicine of the world. <laughs> Truly, yes, I love that. It's so true to just really get the essence of a frog, right? I mean, there's no better way to do it than to go through a gombo journey. It's true. <laughs> One of the things I just so appreciate about you is the level of intentionality and the level of kind of sacred ceremony that you create, right? It's one thing to, and if we talk about the mechanics, right, it's like we kind of described it, but there's like a, you burn and remove the outer layer of the skin. And then with a knife or some sort of kind of implement, you smooth and, and it kind of add this secretion. It's like a waxy type secretion to the burn spots, right? And within a, a minute or two, it starts to be absorbed and takes effect, right? So that's the mechanics of it, right? But there's a way in which uh, you hold, in all of your high priestess <laughs> witchy vibes, you hold just such a deep container for people. And I'd love to just understand a little bit about that, right? It's one thing to go through the process. And, and I've had other people, you know, I've sat with other combo practitioners. There's a way in which you take things much deeper. And I'm just wondering, you know, some of the elements of ceremony and ritual that you employ in your work as a combo priestess. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If we're just utilizing combo to put the medicine on, have an experience with the medicine, Eventually, the medicine comes off, we rest, and we go about our day. Combo works, right? But my theory is that ultimately, combo is just a tool like any other thing. And if the truth is, is that our consciousness is the master, how do we work with the consciousness so such that we can observe the patterns and programs that might actually be keeping us particularly stuck in our life or in a repetitive pattern, way of thinking or way of being that doesn't ultimately serve our growth or evolution? How do we kind of address that and utilize combo as the lever to kind of get us up and out of whatever pattern or program that we're in? So that's a very strong intention with the way that I move through the space, whether it be speaking or not speaking, it's my intention that I'm ultimately seeking the connection to one's higher level of consciousness or getting to the root of what is causing the individual's consciousness, stagnation, blockage, disconnection, numbness, atrophy, whatever it is that the individual might be experiencing. And so when it comes to holding space and ceremony, I think I go back to all of my, all of my sitting with tea, in fact, 
because of my long standing relationship with tea ceremony, I always think about 80% of tea is cleaning. And then the 20% is tea, right? And so if I think like, okay, you know, 80% of ceremony is just cleaning the space, energetically cleaning the space, cleaning myself, making sure that that space is pure and that I am holding that space of the hollow bone, that is how I go about opening up the space in ceremony. And I do believe that that's what defines a skillful practitioner with someone who has not yet developed that skill. And our work in holding ceremony is to make sure that we're constantly cleaning ourselves, cleaning ourselves mentally, cleaning ourselves emotionally, cleaning ourselves spiritually, so that we can come into the space free of imprint. Imprint so that that person is only feeling themselves. And I think that's how, you know, on a kind of deeper ceremonial level, that's always what I intend to put forth and for another individual to feel. So they really feel like the space is held for them. Yeah. Wow. So beautiful. Such a powerful way to describe what ceremony can be in its deepest form, right? Where we are purely, as you say, the hollow bone or holding up a mirror to whomever is going through their kind of initiatory experience. It's, it's beautiful. I open this show with, you know, my describing my experience of a particular journey. I've had many other flavors in these combo ceremonies. I mean, I've been, I've had some with you where I'm just like riding ecstatic bliss waves for like a half an hour. And, you know, my, uh, my spine is like rippling (laughs) in pleasure and, you know, and then I've had some that have been like, Oh my God, I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) die. I'm going to die. This is it. All right. And, uh, you know, where there's fear and there's, there's surrender and there's doubt. And, um, it's, it's this, it's always this multifaceted experience. The more I've done it, the more the pleasure and the bliss and the joy has come. I think in my early, early ceremonies, it was a little more intense. So, but I'd love to just hear from you. You know, I gave you my kind of description and you said, well, that's one journey. What are some other textures and flavors and experiences and even maybe insights that you can share as you've served so many people in this way? Yeah, I mean... As someone that's serving another individual, we'll never know what it's like to be that individual. And so all I do is kind of see and observe and witness. And a lot of times those people don't necessarily even know totally what's happening for them. And, but I have seen pretty much everything in regards. I've I've served so many thousands of people, over 10,000 at this point. And I have seen so many different ways to work with combo. I've seen, yes, pure ecstasy, pure bliss. And I've also seen people feeling as if they cannot handle the energy that's moving through them. So I can talk about myself in that I've had so many different ways to experience combo. And I think One of the most important things that I've gleaned through my work with this medicine is that over time, what I started to observe through working with it very intentionally and very particularly is that the deeper and deeper I started to work on the things that were out of balance in my physical body, the less the medicine was working there, then the medicine would kind of travel. What is it? that these emotional patterns are, how are these emotional patterns playing out with me in my life, starting to kind of unwind those emotional patterns for me. And then going into the subconscious patterns that were very deep and covert, I started to notice through my work with Combo over time that it started to unwind the very deep subconscious programs that I had been playing out in my life. And for me, that was my pathway of continuing to work with the medicine. And and I want to just kind of, as a side note, I don't believe in over 
consuming this medicine. I believe that we, it's important that we hold an ethical relationship to this medicine, first and foremost on a sustainability factor. And secondly, I believe that it's very important for our immune system that we're also not over-consuming this medicine. This is for a well person with that is mostly free of bigger health issues. If we're talking about chronic issues, it's another story. But going back into myself, using combo as a as very intentional practice, going deeper and deeper into the layers and patterns and parts of me that were ultimately stuck, right? You know, and so I started to notice that my programming began to shift. And I started to think differently. And I started to respond differently to things that I may have responded to in a very similar way. And then the things that I used to encounter in life stopped being the things that I used to encounter in life. The limitations stopped being there. And all of a sudden, those things that were kind of filaments in my subconscious just started to wipe clean. And so experientially, I can say that over time, as I've worked with it, I've kind of worked through myself in layers. And it's not like, you know, all the physical, all the physical work is done. All the emotional work is done. All the subconscious work is done. It is always about tuning up and fine tuning. And because we're always in this state of exploring balance, we will never we will never not be in balance and we will never out of balance. We are always in this kind of game of finding out, okay, do we need more of this or more of that or more oxygen or more detoxification or more nourishment or connection to our spiritual self? Or do we need to kind of fine tune our physical self or do we need to fine tune our emotional self? And so, but it does look like constantly exploring balance and, a, and utilizing combo as a way to get into the deeper layers of our human experience. Is yes. That yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I just, I still feel that for myself around my relationship to this, to this medicine, right? It, it gets to such deeper places. And then there's always this kind of integration period afterwards, right? And of late, over the last probably two or three years sitting with this, for me, the integration, is, it like gets to these deep places that pulls me into a place of real vitality, right? So there's like an upper limits uh, integration that happens. Like how much can I allow myself to feel healthy and strong and vibrant and vital and feel the level of energy and chi moving through my body when combining combo with other practices, kundalini yoga and, and emotional integration work, shadow work, right? Like combining it with some of these other practices to see like how much power can you hold because the combo will get into the deeper places and pull out the, the material that needs to be metabolized by the body. So I always have left feeling much more kind of alive, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and every every human body is going to relate to this medicine differently. And like I did talk about chronic conditions, which it does help so much with, but then we actually have to we have to approach those with chronic conditions very differently than we would approach someone that's well, right? They might need more frequency in treatment. They will definitely need less medicine, right? Because then, you know, we're looking at it's not just about applying medicine and that person all of a sudden being better. It is knowing exactly how to work with that individual in front of us as practic practitioners and then supporting them on their path of violence. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I think the way that that occurs to me in my own body, I just really feel into this is like, if I have hung on to some resentment or some fear or doubt in my body for long enough, it, I can feel it kind of eat away at me, right? And if we play the tape forward, like, I, can, I can feel the tension, right? I can feel the poison, right? And if I were to play that tape forward 10, 20 years, I see how you know, my anger, my resentment becomes a cancer, maybe quite literally becomes a cancer, right? And not to say like combo or anything is a cure-all, right? People still get sick, right? This, but 
there is this thing that I mean, we will we will all die, right? There's no there's nothing that will give us complete immortality, right? But there is this way of using a tool like Combo. It helps us really stay healthier in this way. It's like it helps unravel the tensions that live in the body mind that could be corrosive and lead to chronic diseases and cancers and these other things in my experience, right? And and again, this is not to say that you know, if somebody gets cancer or gets sick that they, you know, they weren't doing the things to take care of themselves. Things this these things still happen, right? But if for me, if I want to optimize my health, this is definitely a tool in the tool belt for optimizing my emotional health, physical health, mental health. It's a great, very juicy arrow in the quiver, so to speak. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. So you talked about this. So maybe this isn't something for everyone, right? Like there's, can you walk us through a little bit of like, who's this contraindicated for? What are some boundaries and, you know, talk us through like the container piece of mm. who would be a good candidate for combo, who's not? Help us understand that a little bit. Yeah, I would say the risk versus reward for combo is really kind of wide. So risk very low, reward very high. Uh, but I would say that the individual serving myself, I'll talk about myself, I feel in, like it's imperative to be very attuned to not only the physical part of a human being that's talking to me about wanting to sit with combo, but also what's going on on an emotional layer and what's going on in their lives at any particular time. Um, because when I approach serving somebody, I'll talk to them about, you know, obviously I don't think it's a great idea if someone's pregnant to be sitting with combo. Uh, why? Because it could, it could actually cause miscarriage. But then you look at some of the women in the jungle and they would serve one or two points in the beginning of a first trimester because they wanted to test the strength of the fetus. So, you know, we have these Western practices and then we have these indigenous practices. I wouldn't say that pregnancy is completely contraindicated, but I always let somebody know, you know, here's the conversation. And most likely I would not serve a woman that's pregnant. But there are also technologies and secret traditions of the women of the jungle that would serve combo in the third trimester of pregnancy. And so as the as the, the baby is ready to come out, they would serve combo. But here we don't necessarily do practices like that. Then we're talking about other various health conditions, things like Addison disease or people with like a pacemaker or issues that have been major open heart surgeries. And then we're talking about some psychological considerations. Typically, I would not necessarily serve someone that's been diagnosed with borderline personality or suicidal ideologies or multiple personality schizophrenia. That's not always the case. But, you know, sometimes when we're working with the very thin layer of consciousness, you know, being someone that steps into kind of sh working with the shift of that could actually send a person into a deeper state of mania, perhaps, or they, you know, that person could then, you know, um, uh, put a lot of energy on the practitioner that might not be actually helpful for the practitioner to take on. So when I'm considering serving someone, I really want to connect to the physiology of the individual, but also the psychology of the individual to ensure that they're actually fit and ready to be able to receive this medicine. On the flip side of this, you know, many psychological conditions have been supported by working with combo. And so that's where the attunement to knowing who you're talking to and knowing the potential support that they have lined up in their life uh, could be a support system to be able to serve them combo safely. 
So that's how I might approach. And then if we're talking chronic conditions, I have some really amazing stories about people with severe chronic conditions that have come to me that I've really had to sit and deeply meditate on, do I want to take on this chronic condition? Because, you know, this person has a a one month life prognosis. Do I want them to spend their last month with me and die in my hands? You know, those are very, very real questions. And this young woman approached me about four years ago or five years ago now. And she was, is, she was at the time 29 years old. And she said, Hey, you're my last resort. I need you to serve me combo. I have tumors on my ovaries. I have tumors in my fallopian tubes. She had tumors on her pituitary gland. She had tumors all over her body. And, and she said, I don't want to die, you know, and I've been given a month. So can you serve me? And I really had to consider long and hard about what I would do. And ultimately she just kept blowing up my phone. (laughs) 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 And, and I said, okay, I'm ready to get into this. And here's what this will look like. And I said, you're going to, I'm going to see you five days in a row. We're going to take two days off. I'm going to see you five more days in a row. We're going to take two more days off and I'm going to see you five more days in a row. That totals 15 combo treatments in three weeks. We got a month left. This is what we're going to do. And she did it. And I started off very small with her. Half a point, one point, really working with just getting the combo in her system. And it was so fascinating when she showed up to my place to serve her. She walked with a cane. She couldn't hold her bag. She couldn't look at me in the eyes. And the sound of her voice was that of around a nine-year-old girl. And each day as she worked with Combo, she started sitting more upright, standing more upright. She walked without her cane. She carried her bag. She started to speak with more confidence. She came into her voice. And all of the things that we had kind of worked on on a deeper traumatic level that had gone on in her life started to come to the surface and started to be kind of, you know, with awareness, there's healing, with awareness, there's change. And so with that awareness, she started making some bigger shifts in her life. And I am happy to say that she's still alive and that that one month prognosis was completely null and void after combo. And what we, she said, you saved my life, but not in the way that, you know, my cancer is gone, right? Her cancer didn't go away per se, but it was that the dial started to shift. And then some parts of herself started to shift. And the consciousness started to change. She came more deeply into herself. She made better choices for herself. She started to look at some of her patterns, step into deeper authority with who she is as an individual. And that was the biggest life change for her. And so, yes, we see miracles with things like cancer all the time because there are peptides that are anti-cancerous. But a lot of times when we work on chronic conditions, we go deeper and deeper into the layer of, you know, what's the subconscious running the chronic condition? And a lot of times when we get to that place, I see an amazing level of transformation within the individual. Mm. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a powerful story. Thank you. Yes. And um, you, you know, you apply this in a way that's a little different than some other practitioners. Right. So I know, uh, you know, the first few times I've, I had it not from you, like it was always done kind of on the arm or on the ankle. And the way that I experienced with you was we first had a conversation about intention and, and, you know, what was up for me. And then you apply it actually around the body on various points. Can you talk a little bit about your philosophy around using the acupressure points as opposed to more of the traditional way I've had, you've also served it in the traditional way to me as well kind of in a line down the arm. But um, I'd love to just understand your way. It's, it occurs to me as a much more precise and skillful way. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, you know, curious about your philosophy with that. 
So I connect very deeply to the meridian lines and organ systems of the body, particularly which particular organs are holding various emotional qualities. And so when I work with somebody, I really tune into on a root level, what is going on with the individual. And so I have a practice of applied kinesiology that I've been working with for many years. And so I use applied kinesiology to basically investigate Hmm, okay, what's going on in this channel? What's going on in this channel? What's going on in this channel? And eventually I'm always looking for the root. Okay, so we're going into the root, you know, and oh, what's the anger that you're holding on to? Or oh, what's the what's the fear that you're holding on to? And I'll always correlate that, usually find some emotional blockage, and then I'll correlate it to an organ system. And then that's kind of how we'll start to work with it. I don't necessarily not trying to be so acute where I'm putting it right on that, you know, acupuncture point, but I'll do it right around there, right? I'll go right around the channel. So, because the acupuncture point is around a dime size. So I like to go right around the channel, find that channel and work with that channel. And so that's, that's kind of the approach that I work with. And so a person might have know, point here, point here, point here, point in their ears. I'll do <laughs> auricular points. I'll do, I'll do various acupuncture channels and meridians. I'll work with chakra points. I will. Yeah. And that's kind of how I like to work around the body. I find that my practice is more specific in that way. And with deeper intentionality with myself and with that person that I'm in front of, whether it's our storyline about the intentionality, about the point, you know, that we're carrying, or it's the actual point that's doing the thing, it doesn't really matter. It's kind of, it's what the energy that we go about it. It's the approach that I have. And then I, I ultimately, most of the time people are on board with that. And, you know, some people come into my space and they're like, nope, I just want it right here. And that's where you're going to put it. And if, if, that's how they want to work with combo. I will absolutely oblige. And I like to take it a little bit deeper because when I zero in and hone in on the little things that come up for me, I find that someone has a greater level of success in working with the medicine and the outcome is even more precise. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, the, the added benefit is, so in the application of combo, the slight little burn that happens, it can leave a little bit of a scar, right? And over time, they, they fade. I've, you know, I've been sitting with combo for at least a decade, and I can't find the ones that I had a decade ago. I can find the ones I've had over the last couple of years, right? And because I've sat with Taylor so much, I, I, can, I can kind of pinpoint where these meridian points are on, on my body and my center line, right? There's these, it's a good way to just kind of know exactly where my solar plexus point is. And down my center line is is kind of full of these little marks, which is a nice little added benefit. Yeah. And I want to talk too, because a really strong intention of mine that when I burn people is that I'm never creating scar tissue because mm -hmm. where there is scar tissue on the skin, we have stagnation of chi ultimately. And so mm -hmm. I, I certainly don't want to create stagnation cheese stagnation in any human being. And so I do burn very lightly and I do make sure that my gates always heal with every person. And I look on my body and I've been sitting for com with combo for a very long time and all of my gates are pretty non-existent. I don't have, if I feel them, I don't particularly have any scar tissue. So I always like to say just for those that are really sensitive and aware of the meridian systems, I am, I am very sensitive at creating scar tissue because I do see practitioners that burn too deeply and create keloids and scars and things like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this is where it's so important in these types of experiences and practices to find somebody that is very seasoned, very well-practiced, very well-trained, like Taylor. There's a lot of kind of 
in this space in particular around combo, I just see a lot of kind of amateur, you know, kind of the, the training is very quick and dirty, uh, kind of superficial. And especially here in North America, I'm not sure what it's like in other parts of the world, but here in North America, the kind of Instagram combo, you know, scene is a bit of the wild, wild west where someone can essentially be trained as a combo practitioner in like, you know, a few hours or like a week of training. And it's just not, it's not what I would want to surrender to and, you know, be in a very vulnerable place and, and have my body impacted with someone that isn't well-trained and well, you know, just the level of consciousness that you and some others carry. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing to touch on because, you know, I think it happened with yoga first and foremost in North America. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're you know, yoga is, we're going to have a 200 hour teacher training. And then those 200 hour teachers are expected to be uh, teaching other people yoga, the, the true system of yoga. And those people that went to that 200 hour training don't even have a flipping practice themselves. Right. And so then we go into other forms of medicine. You know, we could talk about all the medicines under the rainbow that people have a, maybe they had like a profound experience with said medicine. And then, you know, somehow they got downloaded that they were supposed to serve this medicine to other people. And then I like to call it non-achievement of a stage. I think it's a really appropriate way to look about, look at something. It's non-achievement of a stage where the individual has had a very profound spiritual or expansive experience and they take that on and they, you know, then step into the space of the expert when they have not yet integrated it into their body and held deep, long-standing experience that it takes to actually serve. You know, in the in the traditions of, you know, various like tea or Chinese medicine or Taoism or Qigong, to know that something is your practice, you do it for five years and then you say, that is my practice, right? But before that, you don't know if something is your practice because you're just practicing, you're exploring, you're finding out if that's your practice because you're just taking it in and your body's recognizing it and you're building new muscle memory and new awareness and new cognitive function with the practice. And I think, you know, with practitioners, with people that have a profound experience, they want to become medicine practitioners. We are dealing with the Wild West in an unsanctioned space where ultimately someone could go buy a combo online and then decide that they are a combo practitioner and start serving other people because they saw it on Instagram. They saw how to do it. They started burning people. Um, and then there's people that have stepped into 10 day trainings and then they start serving and, and ultimately they themselves haven't done the inner work. And so their lack of inner work then starts to kind of spew onto the people that they serve medicine to consciously or unconsciously that happens and then people then have poor experiences with medicine because the practitioner has just has not done their inner work you know technique wise it's not so difficult to serve combo but to be a true medicine holder we have to do our inner work yes absolutely i mean the kind of scary thing about this particular part of this world combo and ayahuasca is, you know, now these same people are doing teacher trainings, right? There's this thing where they realize they can actually make more money by doing teacher training. So then they're now teaching others without the depth of practice necessary. And we, we end up with this culture of, of charlatans and shallow, dangerous practitioners. So it is, it is unregulated in the United States. Can you, can you walk us through just the like legal structure of North America and the U.S. and it, and and help us understand kind of how this sits in from a legal perspective. Combo is completely legal all over the world. There have been some attempts in Australia to regulate combo. I I don't know if any law has been passed. I was on a board to work on the case with people in Australia and I haven't heard anything since early 2020 about this. And in Brazil, 
no one that is in Brazil, the only the indigenous people are allowed to advertise to advertise combo, right? Because in Brazil, it said that, you know, the indigenous people own combo. So you can't advertise combo in Brazil. But that's the only legality in that particular part of the world. And then in our part of the world, in North America, it is completely unsanctioned. It is completely legal. And my particular concern is the more practitioners that are out there serving people, the the riskier and more, you know, more attention combo will potentially get. And so people have asked me where I see combo in 10 years, that, that question. And it's a very like, it's a very American question. Where do you see combo? <laughs> where do you see yourself in 10 years? You know, and I'm just thinking, you know, it's so funny because I don't see combo in 10 years. This is a living, breathing animal that is in a part of the world that is very sensitive, that is subject to massive levels of deforestation, massive levels of indigenous tribal extinction, you know, infiltration of colonialism. And we have to look at that on a very serious level. Yes, the frogs multiply quickly. No, they are not in any sort of endangered category. But with the land being deforested as fast as it is, we have true real deal concerns. And so we can't look at this medicine like that supply will always be there. And so we actually have to look at combo like we are here in this moment. By the grace of God, we have access to this medicine in a, in a very, it is very sacred. It is very treasured. It is very here, real, and now, and to expect that that will always be in our hands in ten years is like a like a human, very human disease in our mind to think that something will always be available to us, you know. And so, ultimately, we have to use this as a tool for now. And actually see, okay, what is this tool teaching us that we can then start to develop on our own also? And that's, I think, the most respectful and sustainable and honest way to approach combo, because expecting that any medicine will always be there for us to go to when we have our human individual problems is total disrespect to nature and disrespect to the medicine. Mm. Yes. Spoken like someone who has spent quite a bit of time with this medicine and the spirit of the frog and the spirit of the jungle. I'm wondering if there's anything else that you would want to share about the depth of this particular medicine, any insights that you've, it's, that have come through you from Combo. You know, we're here to be understanding our harmony with nature. This, this medicine and many other medicines teach us how to relate to the world around us in a much more expansive way, relating to the people that have come here before us, the ancestors of the lands that have been here before us, the human beings that cross our path, to be impeccably clear with our word and to be impeccably honest and direct. I believe the path of anybody that's working with medicine, it's to not only become clearer with ourselves, but also to be more fundamentally connected with nature and the world around us. Because this sort of approach towards the self-improvement, I just need to be better and heal my stuff and my trauma, my this, my that. We're so consumed with our stuff. It's like an, an inversion of like, you know, neurosis, right? And, and when we step into the path of medicine, we start to realize that we are here to come into harmony 
with all things. And I think that's the most important thing to take away from this as a path is you're not just coming into working with Combo so you can improve yourself. You're working so you can create a deeper connection to to nature, to the spirit of nature, to the wind, to the soil, to the fire, to the water, to Mother Earth, to the sky, to the moon and the sun, to everything, to the animals, the plant kingdom. How can we even deeper in relationship. So I think, I think that's the most important thing to take away from working with medicine, mm. plant or animal. <laughs> Amen. You know, I have this memory of being in the Sierra foothills after a combo journey and uh, kind of in an integration period and lying down on the earth next to this beautiful mountain stream and just feeling this deep sense of, I am the earth. I am part of the earth. I'm not separate. I'm not walking on the earth. I am part of the earth. I am part of a evolutionary creation that has evolved from this earth. This is home. This is who I am. There's no separation, right? This sense of like feeling the Gaia. Uh, and, you know, for me, that's a place I want to, I always want to live and want to want to be a protector and be part of that. And, and also from that place, I have to say, after sitting with the frog medicine is, the flies that were buzzing around sure did look juicy. <laughs> you wanted to eat them. <laughs> I did. I did. I wish my tongue was a little longer. <laughs> this is my friend, Taylor Eyewalker. If people want to find out more about your work or perhaps want to sit with you, how do they, how do they connect with you or how do they find out more about you? TaylorEyewalker.com is my website and Taylor Eyewalker is my Instagram. And I do my best to share on Instagram and, you know, it's, it's, it's a work in progress. <laughs> a work in progress for us all. And <laughs> Taylor and I, a couple of years ago during the pandemic, when everything was locked down, we did a, we recorded a virtual class on honoring the sacred. And that actually lives on my website, lukeentrip.com as a download. So it's a downloadable, I think it was about an hour or two long class about how to create ritual and ceremony and some of the elements that we covered in this. So if you're interested in going a little deeper, check out that link on lukeentrip.com and we'll throw all of the links for Taylor's sites in the show notes. And some of the links that I just mentioned will be in the show notes as well. So Taylor Eyewalker, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Crazy Wisdom. If you like what you heard, please do rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen. This helps new people find the show. Maybe more importantly, it helps us grow our Crazy Wisdom community. My hope for you is between now and the next time you listen that you try one new thing, one thing that would help you live a life of deeper purpose, deeper meaning, a life of greater love. And maybe that one thing is a little different, a little odd, a little intense, perhaps even a little crazy. 